Scruffy Stuff Nation. The time is finally here. We have been promising this for a while now. It seems like it always came up. Why is downtown's river front not more utilized? And we've been promising over and over again, we're going to do this podcast one day. We're going to write this story one day. And, <laughs> Thank um, you for your patience. It's yes. finally paid off. And the story's already written. And the story's written, and you can go read it over at knoxnews.com. That talks all about why the riverfront got to the point it is today, where some opportunities are, what some of the barriers are. Um, that's not what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about just a fraction of that. And that's that last part that I mentioned, and that's the barriers. There are quite a few barriers that came up when I was talking to some experts, whether it be uh, former Knoxville Mayor Victor Ash, uh, public policy expert Bill Lyons, um, some private developers. They all kind of share with me some of the challenges that have kept the riverfront from being uh, more developed with properties and, and, and public uses that everybody can enjoy. And if you think about it, on the north side of the river, you have Calhoun's and Ruth's Chris Kindas on the water, and that's about it. I want to talk about specifically which of the barriers could be the easiest to, I guess, overcome. Which of these barriers is the easiest to address? And uh, just to give you an idea, I mean, we go back to, what year was it, Calvin? 1988? Yes. That's when, I guess, uh, Victor Ash became Knoxville mayor and made it a priority from the beginning that the riverfront, um, tapping into its potential, was something that was going to be a priority for him and his administration. And he called it uh, something along the lines of an emerald gem necklace around the neck of our city. Before you butcher it, an uncut emerald necklace around the neck of our city. And beautiful words. That's what I was going to say. Exactly. Um, the uh, that, that, that was what it was described as. And some of that still reigns true today, right? I mean, there's still um, some areas. And, and the whole reason I've been promising this podcast and promising this story is not just because it's something we wanted to talk about, Calvin, but I've gotten questions about this over and over again. Why is it not more used? And um, people point to some of the uh, untapped potential on the river that still exists today. So before we get started, I need to remind everyone that the Scruffy Stuff is brought to you by KnoxNews.com, where you can find everything we discuss here on the show and more. Knox News relies on support from readers and listeners like yourself to provide you compelling stories from Knoxville and across East Tennessee. Subscribers get an all-access pass to all of our premium, exclusive content. And to become a subscriber, it's easy. Just visit knoxnews.com slash subscribe to see our latest offer and sign up today. I'm Ryan Willis, downtown reporter, urban explorer. Technically, I'm the urban life writer at knoxnews.com, and I'm joined here by... Visual journalist Calvin Mattis. Visual expert. (laughs) Here at Knox News. And I think the perfect way to start this off is kind of stepping back in time and remembering what the riverfront used to look like. A little time travel. Yeah. Uh, Our columnist Sam Venable in 1990 wrote or described it as little more than a kudzu-coated mound of dirt and rock separating the carp from higher ground. Geez, Sam, that's some that's some pretty harsh words, but they are true words. That is kind of, I mean, in, in, in some areas, right? There's yeah, some it still areas. exists, I guess. But yeah, going back to then, I mean, I, I called Victor Ash and I, I talked to him the other day. And oh, gosh, the other day, I'm terrible with time. It's been a couple weeks now. Um, but when I talked to him, I was like, hey, you know, there's uh, not me saying this, but there's some people that ask me over and over again why the downtown Knoxville Riverfront is not more utilized. And I'm just curious from you, I mean, no no offense to Volunteer Landing, that's a great amenity, but why was Volunteer Landing sort of the, the route that you wanted to take? Why was not more done to create, like, I don't know, uh, more restaurants, businesses, and liveliness down on the river? And um, 
There's a few things that he mentioned to me. One was that previous administrations probably weren't thinking much about the river because that wasn't in the trends yeah, at the time. Yeah, nobody wanted to go down there. Yeah, um, and there was, you know, industrial uses perhaps made sense back then. One of the biggest things that he said was Neyland Drive, which used to be two lanes, was later expanded to four lanes. And when that happened, um, yeah, the, 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 the amount of land along the river just yeah, was just, eaten up by just, that road. Yeah, just, I mean, look at it now. There's literal yards between Neyland Drive and the water. So where are you, you going to build anything? Yeah, and, and even if, I mean, let's say somebody wanted to move it down to two lanes. Let's say somebody at city council proposed that or however you go about removing lanes. Um, what good would it do? I mean, you, you, you take one lane away. I mean, you take two lanes away, but one of them's you know on the on the further north, so it's not along the river. You just so you're really only getting one lane back. <laughs> I guess you could shift it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Point is, let's say you get two more lanes worth of land. What are you going to do with two lanes worth of land? You're not going to build much. Put a, put a really really skinny building down there. Right. Yeah. And even if you put a skinny building down there, the skinny building doesn't is going to have anywhere for you to park, which is another barrier. So let's just go ahead and say Neyland Drive, and especially considering what's been done to Cumberland Avenue. Right. That's been reduced down to two lanes with a turning lane here and there. Um, you can't have Cumberland Avenue and Neyland, and Neyland Drive as two lanes. There's no way. It's never going to happen. Um, yeah. Good luck having that. Good luck addressing that barrier. Hear me out. We put it underground. Hear me out, dude. <laughs> Chairlift. Chairlift? <laughs> yeah, I don't know where, where I'm going. You know what? Actually. High speed rail. <laughs> High speed rail. That's the answer to everything. Oh, my gosh. All right. But anyway. Neyland Drive is out of the uh, out of the question. Let's, let's move on to the next one. Parking, because that's another big issue. And that is a barrier that both uh, that, that Victor Ash told me about. Um, did I mention Bill Lyons already? If for, for those who don't know Bill, he was a uh, ha- had multiple high level policy positions with the city under every mayor since Ash, um, and uh, and now he works over at the Public Policy Center over at UT. So he's somebody that I go to whenever you, when you need to know something about downtown public policy. Uh, he was involved in a lot of these discussions about the river, um, and yeah, p- uh, parking was something that that came up during our conversation. And if you think about it. You don't really have to think about it. It's very obvious. Just walk down there. Uh, Calhoun's has essentially a monopoly on parking down yeah. along the river. <laughs> they got it all. Yeah. Uh, you can, I guess, park down there and use the Greenway if you want to. Um, but you can't park down there and then walk to another business or walk up to campus. Um, there's some dispute. Go check that out over at knoxnews.com, too. There's a lawsuit we're going on right now about this parking and some other issues related to uh, the docks over at Calhoun's. Um but essentially, I mean, yeah, uh, Mike Chase and the Copper Cellar family of restaurants and Calhoun's on the river controls the parking over there on the water. And that's a problem. Even if you wanted to develop more along the river, um, where would, first of all, where would you build it? And if you did build it, where would the people park? So that's not really an issue I could see being addressed unless. Yeah, I think I think there is some flexibility here with parking because you can't, you can't like build more parking lot. You can only really build up so um, building a parking structure would help alleviate some of that uh, park those parking woes but I think really here the, the main problem with this is accessibility yeah um, getting down there first and foremost because of Neyland Drive already being a barrier it doesn't lend itself to pedestrian access from downtown. Right. I want to talk a lot about that. But before before we get into that, just going back to the parking real quick, um, I don't like parking structures, parking decks. They look ugly. It's hard to make them look pretty unless you put a mural on the side of it, which could be an option if you wanted to go vertical there over on the river. But again, Mike Chase has control of that. Is Mike Chase and 
the Copper Cellar family of restaurants is going to want to work with the city to build a a parking deck that's not just for his restaurant. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, a lot of people are of the mindset that what is it? Of, we're going back to these sayings again, and this is actually a water related saying, so I'm glad I'm using it. Uh, rising tide raises all sh- ships, or something like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So if you built the parking deck over there, even if other people were using it, um, to, you could for, spur for some more growth down there. Yeah, you know, spur some more growth and you know, help out Calhoun's. But again, that would involve the city and private people working together, and that's a mess. So I'm going to go ahead and say that parking issues. At least right there by volunteer landing are out, although we're going to get into um, a, a discussion here in a bit about a possible, uh, quote, destination on the north side of the river that Dominion Group is working on right now that would have some parking um, uh, incorporated into it. But before we get to that, let's go back to what you were saying was the accessibility for pedestrians. Yeah, I mean, think about it, Ryan. If you were downtown on Gay Street and you were like, how do I get to Calhoun's for a burger? How do you get there? Uh, you, you can't really, you yeah. know, you can walk down Walnut and then cross like this uh, pedestrian bridge to get over there or cross Henley or I'm sorry, uh, Neyland Drive. Right. But there's really no pedestrian access. The only access that we really have is via car. Well, no, there is. I mean, well, you just said it. There's there's the pedestrian bridge right there. The problem is, is. Yeah, but the, the that's the problem. People don't really know about the pedestrian bridge. Don't know how to get there. Don't even know if that is actually like walkable. Right, but the, well, the, but this is still a fixable barrier, and I think this is one. And we've talked a little bit before we jumped on the podcast. We're not just winging it here about potential barriers that I think could uh, potentially be addressed, and I think this is one of them. Of course, you, you're not going to be able to build a pedestrian bridge that goes right to the heart of Gay Street, and people are just going to be able to hop on it. It's it's in a weird area, and that's just part of it. But you can do a good job about educating people about how to access the river. You can do a good job with signs and maybe beautifying that area a little bit. I don't know what that would be, but, you know, riverfront district this way or, you know, or like a nice, um, you know, like a nice, like, you know, big, big mural near the near the um, bridge that, uh, you know, attracts people. Like, oh, look, there's a nice mural. Oh, look, there's a bridge. And then, you know, they, you know, you can start to build that in. I, I think the problem is that bridge is just it's in a weird area. But if you educate people how to get to it, that's good. But then when they get there, it still does. It looks a little. What's the word I'm looking for? Concretey. Concretey. Yeah, that's that's exactly. Took the word out of my mouth right out the dictionary. That's definitely a word. It looks very concretey. It does not look uh, appetizing. Appealing. <laughs> appealing. <laughs> it doesn't look appealing. Um, maybe you could put some lights on there, like the one that goes across Henley Street. Make it look a little cool. Make it look fun. Make it look like something that somebody wants to walk across. I think that is a potential barrier, I, I, the, the, a potential fix to a uh, an existing barrier. I think you, you could do some things. To, you know what I am thinking right now? What are you thinking? I am thinking, you know, they have like a little kiosk area in Vol Landing. Right. Why don't we open up like some sort of like late night coffee, cafe, tea, or just Ooh. like little like snack stand and then put out a whole bunch of chairs out there on Vol right, Landing. Raise platform yeah, too. and then have some nice lighting down there. It's just a nice patio right on the river. You know, beautiful. You know, people can go fishing down there. I see that all the time in the summer. I mean, like, let's make this a little more dressed up because right now it's just like a slab of concrete. Yeah. And then the one time I see it used is for like a festival in the summer. Yeah. You know, let's make this like a destination spot like World's Fair Park is uh, turning into. Um, Dare I say open container? I dare I agree. <laughs> I mean, think about it. If you could get a, uh, and this is something, you know, going back to Mike Chase and the barriers, like I, if I was a restaurant owner, 
If, if it were me, <laughs> with no business experience whatsoever, but I write about it a lot. Um, man, having a having a, a Smoky Mountain Brewery beer down there and being able to take it in a plastic cup and walk along the river. That sounds great to me. And then there's like the splash pad over here for the children. You know, make it fa- it's family friendly already. Yeah. You know, it's so, you know, okay, I say accessible issues, but it's already like you could get there. People know about it. Like well, it's just but, a pain to get but there. it's just a pain to get there, but like let's make it a destination. There's yeah. so much untapped potential right here already at Vol Landing. Right. You know, I we're seeing the same thing happening um across the river at South or uh, or at Sutri Landing Park, you know, they're hosting festivals, they're hosting markets, they're hosting, you know, all sorts of stuff going on there. Why is not that happening? Not enough, though. Yeah, why, not enough, obviously. More. But, the, like, you know, that could be happening here. Yeah. Well, can you pull up a picture of the of the vol- uh, volunteer landing? Because uh, what I'm wondering, is it possible to get vehicles up there on the sidewalk? Like a food truck? A food truck, maybe. I, I'm not quite I'm sure. I'm not saying like, I want to go cruising down, up and down. I'm just saying, like I wonder if there's... Because I'm thinking, man, you, you, you open it up for Open Container, which has been a conversation that Scott West has pitched for Market Square. Didn't quite get the uh, the uh, what's the, the support behind it. There's a lot of stakeholders there. Not so many stakeholders down here on the river. Maybe that would be maybe it'd be easier to do it that way. But I'm thinking, you know, if there, you can get a food truck down there. You can have open container where you can take a beer from Calhoun's and walk along the river. You can have kids playing in the splash pads or you sit on a bench and enjoy a beer while there's some lights going around. Yeah. Um, the infrastructure is already here. There's bathrooms. Yeah. <laughs> there's public bathrooms. But the problem there's is there's an elevator like Yeah, but you can't get down there. The parking is the problem. So that's where I, if you want all this to happen, I think you got to, uh, you have to uh, educate people about how to get to this potential. Hello, Ryan. Come on. That's how you got to do it. Preach. All right. <laughs> now, so that's a barrier that I think could be addressed. Now, let's talk about some of the other barriers. Um, what are they? I Sorry. I, whoo, I'm out of breath. I got to find my list. You, you, industrial you uses. Industrial uses. Okay. That's so I, think, I think that's another big one. Um, we see a lot of development happening right now like i mentioned such landing park those apartments that are coming right there also from the dominion group but like a large large swath of that south riverfront is taken up by Holson gases right. and some other odd end industries and then there's a neighborhood well you're not going to demolish the neighborhood yeah. but like you know there are these long standing industrial um uh facilities that are that are there right and very little open land um available for development i mean i can think of some stuff as we're getting closer to um james white parkway which is going to be another uh hot topic of ours but really um these industrial uses uses (laughs) you know are using up a lot of that land well i I asked victor ash i said well okay so neyland drive is one thing what's another one and he said uh the kub wastewater treatment facility okay well you there. can't move that well you know that was i mean you want to talk about industrial uses i mean that's a, if you want to talk about industrial uses and the most usable piece of riverfront land <laughs> that would be it but yeah i mean he he told me he said we would have had the income of uh, bill gates we would have made a move is what he told me back in the day but um city didn't have the income of bill gates and yeah good luck making a move but that's an example of an industrial use that um, and talking with Bill Lyons too, you know, I asked him. I said, "Is industrial uses? Does it make sense on the river?" And he said, 
Well, if we were starting from scratch, no, I probably wouldn't have a concrete facility on the water, which is another thing over there by the wastewater treatment facility. Right. That concrete and the KUB are two prime pieces of riverfront land that are just not going to be possible. Yeah. Um, and they unless, do. And I do see like, you know, ships, you know, docking at other places around there. Right. You know, so they, they, they do still have, you know, that river access that they, I guess, need for right now. But it doesn't matter what you would do if you start from scratch. The The point is, is this is what's here now and what are your options? And really the only option is to sit and wait. And talking with Bill Lyons, he also told me that if if you're not in a need to make a quick buck right now, it's pretty safe to bet that if you sit on your property and wait a little bit, you're going to get more value for it down the road because that riverfront property is only going to become more value as downtown Knoxville continues to grow. And so what can you do about the industrial uses? Not much except wait which is what has happened, and, and you've seen some of that turnover. Um, going back through the archives, I saw that you know Sutry Landing Park used to be a, an oil storage facility. Um, River's Edge Apartments from Dominion Group, which were built over there on Island Home, used to be a tank farm. Um, and so those are examples of uh, industrial uses turning. And I talked with Peter Hall from Dominion Group. He's the president there, and he said you know, there, he believes there will become a point in which both the industrial facilities on the river find it advantageous to sell their property to developers and when developers find it advantageous to buy the property and pay for them to move because you're asking an uh, industry uh, to pick up and move somewhere else. And that's a lot, especially when you think about all the infrastructure that's down there. So you wait. And, um, you know, Peter said that you know, people ask, why isn't this happening? Well, it is happening, but it just doesn't happen overnight. And so that's a barrier that can be addressed, but I think it's just going to depend on the market and when people want to address it. it's nothing that you can really do. Um, people have asked me about uh, eminent domain, uh, you know, and, and there is, uh, it's funny, there's actually a Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court precedent that allowed for eminent domain for the city to take property, essentially. And I'm, I'm very giving you a very, like, basic summary here. Allow you to take property and hand it over to a private developer if the private development had a public use. Now, that's a precedent. But apparently, in talking with Bill, a lot of state governments around the country were so appalled by this idea that, that public uh, government could take over private land and give it over to another private person. Uh, you Because know, eminent domain, you think about it, it's for public use. Right. That, they, that they came up with their own rules and laws and guidelines that make that almost impossible, including yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, that sounds pretty sketchy. <laughs> yeah, it sounds sketchy. And so, you know, eminent domain, essentially, what I'm trying to say is eminent domain's out the window. So we just wait. So that's a barrier that is not really something we can address on our own so then what do we move to what we got james white parkway i think you're just dying to get to james white parkway let's talk about it well it's it's a natural transition because james white parkway is the area in which peter hall and dominion group who we were just talking about um purchased some land kind of in the elbow is a nice word that he used can you kind of visualize it when you think about that the elbow of james white parkway on the north side of the river what is that place called that's right next door to it? The place where you can launch the, the there's the boat docks and the this is the boat dock or boat ramp. I don't know boat it. launch. Yeah, down there and they have like a what's it the rowing? What are those boats called? The rowing things like, like a paddleboard? No, the rowing the team like the UT rowers. Oh, the, what are those boats called? Canoes? I don't know canoes rowing boat? Yeah, know. but they have those up there in that storage facility. Up there. Yeah, there's a little playground over there and everything. Right next to that. So if you're if you're down at Volunteer Landing and you head east on the Greenway. You walk past the apartments, you'll eventually come to this, like underneath James White Parkway, there's a bridge and a boat ramp. Yeah. But um, beside that, there are like some, you know, what it looks like, some industry or some warehouse space. I'm not quite sure yeah, what's that, there, but. That property is what uh, Dominion has acquired. And they have plans to 
develop um, a residential. They're, they're residential developers, and um, they hope to incorporate some sort of parking element, which parking is a problem. So that is something that would have to be handled on the private side, um, perhaps, and, and could be handled. And also a river walk and some areas for boats. And with the idea being, and this is any developer will tell you this, it's, this is not, it's not unique to the river, that retail follows residential. Because a lot of people have asked, well, why? You know, there's a lot of apartments and condos and stuff going up on the river. Even Dominion is building this down there at Sutry Landing. They're building this ginormous, mm-hmm. adding 230 units right along Sutry Landing Park with no restaurant or retail or anything uh, planned for it. Um, you know, why, why that? Do we really need more apartments? And talking with the city, the answer is yes. I mean, the the city believes that, that it is appropriate for there to be more density along the river. And like I said, any developer will tell you that retail follows residential and that you need the people living, spending time in an area before you can just you know build a restaurant to support it, especially when there's no parking. You can't expect to build a bunch of restaurants on the north side of the river over there and just expect people just to what, wander over there. I mean, they need a place to park. Uh, or they need people that are living there permanently. And so their plan is to build some sort of residential component that can um, encourage retail and commercial uses to come down there and provide adequate parking that would support all of those uses. And so um, why are we talking about oh, James White Parkway? James White Parkway. Sorry, I totally lost my train of thought. But James White Parkway is uh, a barrier, talking with Peter Hall, because it's just like this is kind of is another wall around the city. You have UT on one side, you have the river on one side, and then you have James White Parkway over here. And um, that's a barrier that they think they can work with. That's a barrier that they're planning to work around and by doing this development here. And it's not, you know, it's not ideal. But um, also talking with Peter Hall, he kind of told me that it's kind of been a shift in a mindset for a lot of people. A lot of people like the idea these days of living in like an industrial area, right? It's kind of hip almost. It's kind of hip. That's been the trend, Ryan. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, maybe somebody likes like living next to... Uh, you know, I, I live kind of near the James White Parkway on the other side, over there, kind of near uh, on the Island Home side. Right. And, you know, it's, it's fine. You know, you got some parking. You can park underneath the bridge. Think about it. They have, uh, they have, uh, used to have Rhythm and Blooms underneath the viaduct over there in downtown in Old City. That was mm-hmm. cool to be underneath the bridge. So, James White Parkway maybe isn't as big of a barrier as it used to be. Um, and they're, they're willing to work with that a little bit. So, um, it's not as big of an issue as the the parking, right, or the accessibility. And speaking of accessibility, there's one thing I forgot to mention. Bill Lyons also told me that at one point there was a proposal to do an elevator from the Gay Street Bridge down to like the Volunteer Landing area. That's a that's a long elevator ride. It's a bold idea, but I love it. But, but I'm not opposed to it. Yeah, because that would be easy. It'd be way easier to take an elevator from Gay Street than to take a pedestrian bridge from what walnut what was it walnut yeah well you got to walk all the way over there yeah there's still so much traffic on gay street already if if now if you said how do i get down to the river and you said oh just walk down gay street you know the main street that runs through downtown and eventually hit an elevator and take it down <laughs> that's way easier i'm i'm of the of the opinion that we should get that idea back on the table but that's just me i'm sure there's a reason they didn't do it too but um speaking of that side of the river and sort of that area I think one more thing that's worth mentioning, um, I asked Bill Lyons where the other opportunities were that he sort of saw uh, there being possibilities. And one, and we've already had an entire episode dedicated to this, so I don't need to you know go into detail about it, but that pedestrian bridge that's been proposed mm-hmm. from UT's campus across the river, um, he's in the mindset that that has huge potential because all of a sudden you get to Absolutely. the heart of campus and then you can develop over there. And in his mind, he sees something like perhaps uh, retail on the bottom floor 
uh, UT offices on the second floor. Yeah, just a whole little above. like satellite village over there. Yeah, exactly. And so um, that's one thing. The other option he said, and this is he said would be decades away. But you think about the city county building. What which, an obstacle! Yeah, what a big just mass of concrete that uh, <laughs> just a blob. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, a big blob block of mess. Anyways. It has a use now. It's city county government. But uh, talking with Bill, one thing that you do not want to do is block the city from the river. And that's exactly what that does. <laughs> and um, he said he said it would be decades away before you know, that would even be an option on the table for that to be redeveloped. But just imagine, like he said, you give that whole piece of property, that whole land said to a developer and said, hey, this is yours to develop retail, residential, do with it what you want. Imagine how many cool ideas could come out of that. That is a huge piece of property right on the river that... While not immediate, decades away, just keep that on your radar for whenever city government has a new facility that they plan to move to. Um, the possibilities there are pretty exciting. So stuff's happening. And you know what? You know, Just to recap, I know we didn't talk too much about what's going on on the south side of the riverfront, but you know, we already know what's going on there. Such Relaining Park has been such a big catalyst for what's happening there with the apartments and uh, Severe Avenue. But you know, uh, pretty much the barriers that are you know keeping new revitalization on the north waterfront have been uh kneel and drive can't fix it parking uh can be alleviated and perhaps, uh, perhaps. and then uh finally kind of you know how, the way james white parkway runs along you know the, the the waterfront there leave that up to dominion yeah um and along with that is is some of the industrial space uh along there too that'll take time so, you know, there are your there are your four or five reasons about what's holding back the development, and I guess city county building too. You uh, know? No, that's, <laughs> that's decades away. But the one that you didn't mention is is accessibility, and that is the one pedestrian accessibility that I think is the uh, most possible to uh, overcome. Yeah, um, just make it easier for me, the pedestrian, to get down there. And if that happens, that doesn't mean that there's going to be businesses all of a sudden that can pop up because parking's still an issue. Neyland Drive is still an issue. There's only so much usable land. But if you do something that allows people to get down there, whether it's an elevator or making easier access to the pedestrian bridge, then I see lots of opportunities for whether it's more meetups, more just getting down to the river and utilizing that space more. Yeah. And we'd love to hear what your inputs and opinions and thoughts are. You can hit us up on Instagram at Knoxville Photo. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Knox Scruff. Or if you want to become part of the downtown discussion, uh, we pitch it on here all the time. It's the uh, Urban Knoxville Facebook group. Just make sure you answer those questions when you ask to join and we'll get you in there. And that is a place where you can post all about what you have going on, ask questions of us. We'll post some stories in there too and and you can comment and and provide feedback we'll probably post a podcast in there as well um and then there's also the urban knoxville newsletter uh knoxnews.com slash newsletters is the place to sign up for that um i am now the author of that so if you want to hear even more from me on fridays uh that's when get enough ryan yeah that's when those will go out it's a fun way to figure out um what's going on over the weekend sort of make your plans and sort of recap some of the biggest news that's happening around downtown um in addition to the podcast so um, and if you don't follow the podcast, uh, just hit that big follow button. Yeah, or the like button, or the subscribe button, whatever it says. You yeah. know which one to hit. You know, um, or just come back on Mondays. That's when we release new episodes. And this has been a fun one. This is uh, this has been a fun one. And I, and I really encourage you. Like I said, uh, if you want all the background and sort of some some even more opportunities, um, you know, to hear from the experts directly, highly encourage you head on over to knoxnews.com and read all about that. Uh, read the full story. And if you're not a subscriber, I highly encourage you do that as well. 
Uh, knoxnews.com slash subscribe is a place where you can see our latest offer support local journalism and get unlimited access to everything we discuss here on the show and a whole lot more I need some water (laughs) I've been talking a lot today Um, yeah thank you for listening and we'll be back again next week um, with what's sure to be another very exciting episode stay scruffy Knoxville scruffy stuff nation and we'll see you again next week